everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. John 4, verses 7 through 10. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, asking for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living waters. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture together. And we're talking about a passage of scripture that is actually really close to my mom's heart. And we talk about the woman at the well and how she really is, I mean, it's a lot of my story, my mom's story, and I'm sure a lot of your story that is listening. So we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Hi, Mom. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm good. I, I've been going through some things. Oh. You know, we've been okay. having a lot of conversations about just different things, and we've had vacation, and we've been going, doing a well, lot of stuff. Great things. Great you've things. had vacation. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, we did go to California together, and we had a great time, and then, you know, it was like two, three days after that, then I had to get ready, packed up, and get ready to go to, am I boring you, sweetie? Uh, <laughs> you were yawning. See, <laughs> like I need a vacation. <laughs> I guess you do. It looks like you are one. You were just yawning, and I'm like, okay, we haven't even started. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, and okay, then you went start. to Rome. Oh, we, did. we went to Rome, Greece, and stuff with the grandkids and stuff. I kind of felt like, a little bit of distance as far as like thinking about recording, thinking about Cup of Joy, thinking about Breathe, thinking about ministry and stuff. And and as you know, I've been doing a lot of praying and thinking about it because when we're away, you know, saw all kinds of beautiful churches and stuff. And matter of fact, one of the grandkids, I think it was Millie or Riley one, said, you really notice all the churches. And it was so funny because... We would go around, and there was this one guy that was in the um, taxi or whatever, and I said, what is that building with all the, the crosses on it? Because it had like a cross on, on like almost every column. It had it on the top. It had it on the sides. It had like almost all the way around the roof. It had all these crosses. And so I just said, what, what's that building that has all the crosses on it? And he goes, a church? Yeah, I was, I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> Okay, fine. But anyway, so I don't know. I what did like, you? What else would it have been? I don't know, but it just it just had a lot of crosses. <laughs> anyway, like, so uh, it's uh, like no, asking wait. like what a hospital. Like, what's that building with all the first aid? Like, yeah. what is it called? That where all anyway, the ambulances are but, going into. Yeah, yeah. What it's is like, that oh, place? Well, that's the hospital. <laughs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, all that to say, when we would have you know, a little bit of downtime, and I'd get up real early in the mornings and have quite time and things like that before we take off. I've just been having a lot of of time to reflect and thinking about, like, moving forward and what's the next season in my life. And certainly we were talking together. I was talking with Millie and Raleigh about their next season and how that they're, you know, going off to college. And I think it just kind of got me 
thinking in my head. And I I just started thinking about well, I think and, I think too, like you this trip kind of was like you have had a ton going on. Yeah. And this trip was kind of the culmination of it all. Like it kind of was the like we you have one more trip after that, but it's a I mean, we're going to the beach as a family. It's a very, very much a vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we won't be doing anything. But I so I think that that would make sense too that you've been thinking about what's next because I, I feel like you probably unconsciously were like, okay, after this trip, then you can kind of get back. Like you haven't had your normal routine in months. No. Whether it's personally or with work or with your family or with mm-hmm. ministry, whatever. So I think that probably makes sense of like, okay, now that you're, you know, when this trip is over, it's like you kind of, you're kind of going back to your life a little bit. Yeah. And you know, Christy and Jim, you're, sister. Yeah. They sold their house and moved in with us and been here, you know, for a year. And now they've moved to Auburn and then the girls are leaving. They're going to college. And I I don't know. It's just, I guess you're right. It's just like more of a reality. Yeah. Like like they, yeah. I got to have a gym or out Yeah. The girls are gone. Yeah. But, but as I was thinking about that too, I was just like, well, God, what's next, you know, for me, as far as it is in ministry and what what do you want us to do? And you know, doing a lot of praying about that, and and I started kind of researching, getting ready for Breathe twenty twenty four, and mm-hmm. then I which was for people who don't some, know, that's a a retreat that we we do every January in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, writing and thinking about that, and then I was reading and writing some things that I would like to think about reading a book, writing a book, or some devotional. So. I, and I did a lot of that while I was there because I had some time to do that. But I started thinking about, like, what is it that, and I don't want to say what breaks your heart, you hear people say that, or what's your passion? And, it, you know, it just gets, it's like cliche to me. It's like everybody says that. But in some ways, I was talking to Millie. You know, she's going to about to go to college. And she was on the trip, and she asked to, to meet with me and, it was just the two of us, and and you know, I said, Millie, you know, she was talking about what she felt God was calling her to do, and she has this dream. She says, "I just had this dream about wanting to help people that you know are hurting, and I want to help people, women and girls that have been through some really difficult, you know, whether it's sex trafficking or you know, she's just sharing. You know, she's got a lot on her heart. She just." Maybe Kyle just say that. Just you know, it's just talking to Millie, and she just got a lot on her heart. Like, what's next for her? And she had just come back from being on a mission trip with you know Champions United, and uh, she was the happiest there, and just serving, just always serving. And now she's getting ready to go to college. Anyway, so we had this discussion, and and I happened to say, which is really funny, I just said, well, Millie, what do you feel like God's placed? In your heart, what like what? What are you dreaming about? What what would be something you feel like God is putting in your heart, like a dream? Well, you know, I never say anything about dreams. No, you, know. you told me not. You told me not to dream, <laughs> and I'm telling Millie to dream. I know. And so, so you really so come a long I'm, way in the last yeah, you know twenty five years up. of yeah. that's right. <laughs> I'm growing up, and I even was surprised I even said that that I used the word dream. Like what's what dream has God placed on your heart? What would you like to see God do? Well, Which, in your defense, I will say with me, because I have always been a dreamer, 
I've always mm-hmm. been of like, let's look at all the possibilities of everything. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I probably did need to be grounded a little bit, but instead of saying, let's maybe get back to reality, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. stayed in fantasy land. Yeah. Instead of that, yeah, you told me not to dream. But I mean, you're nicer about it a little bit, but <laughs> we joke about it now. If you don't do anything with us with those dreams, you're just gonna wake up and have a good nap. <laughs> but <laughs> Which I have had some good naps. So yes, you're I not don't. wrong. I don't. But I, I just started thinking about saying that to her, and I think when I was saying that to her, guy began to almost in in a way it was as like if you're I was talking to her, but you felt like God was talking to you through. Right, but afterwards, like it wasn't at that time. But oh. then afterwards, I felt like God was like, "Well, what about your dreams? What what are what do you feel like I want you to do?" And you know, there's always next seasons. It's always these, like you said. There's been um, a lot going on, and I feel like, well, now I'm in a different season of life. I'm about you know, to, I haven't got an empty house. Uh, I don't know how long. You're kind of an, an empty, empty nester again. <laughs> I've never That's been true. an empty nester. Somebody keeps coming home. But <laughs> but as I thought about it and I just started thinking about the woman at the well. You really like that woman. You ref, you refer to her a lot, I feel like, when you I teach. And, and I didn't really realize that as much as, you know, that now that you pointed it out. But I do because especially yeah, especially when you talk about your own story. Yeah, you yes, I'm that woman at the well. I've said that so many times, and so I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about her, and and then I literally is in in my study right here where I am right now. I was on my knees, but I started just thinking about her, and I thought about you know she went to get water. Uh, she's very thirsty. She and she didn't go at the right time because at the time that all the other women went, you mean the time of day? Like she? Yeah, she didn't go she, at the right time. She went at a different time of day. She went at noon, mm-hmm. and so that she would kind of avoid the crowds yeah, or the other people women. Or, yeah, the other women that would come. She she wanted to get you know. Yeah, which I gotta say, on a, <laughs> I kind of I do relate to that because. I tend to, I mean, if I think my neighbor's like outside, like I'll wait to go get the mail. (laughs) I know it's a different thing, but I'm like, you know, I can relate to like avoiding the people or avoiding the crowds a little bit. But Well, there's nothing wrong with not necessarily wanting to avoid people, but it may be what I'm thinking about is the reason she was avoiding it. She felt like an outcast. She was ashamed. She wasn't, you know, one of... The, as far as in that culture, someone that had a great reputation or looked well. And the reason we know that is not because she was went to get water at a certain time, but because Jesus brings up in a discussion about being married and go call mm-hmm. your husband. And she, he, she said, I don't have one. And Jesus says, well, you spoken correctly. You, mm-hmm. You're not one. You've had five. And the man that you're with right now, you're living with, is not your husband. And so he's bringing up her mm-hmm. past. He's, yeah, he's calling which, out all her right. wounds and, and, that's and a pain. Good thing. And, yeah. It's a good thing because I feel like it's one of those things about embracing your past, about Jesus. I think it's about Jesus having this conversation. And of course, what I read earlier about, you know, why are you asking me a Samaritan? You're a Jew. So again, that was like, 
you know, kind of like feeling less than a person, you know, like knowing that in the Jewish culture, they did not care for the Samaritans. And so here she is again, and if she's gone to the well to avoid, you know, other women feeling like an outcast, now here's this Jew talking to her, which now brings up that same feeling like, you don't like me, you you wouldn't talk to me. And then Jesus brings up about being, you know, being married, like go get your husband. And now he's brought this up. Now, I don't think that Jesus is bringing this up to make her feel bad about herself. No, well, and even her response is, you know, when he points it out, she's not, she doesn't seem upset. She seem, it's almost like she realizes, wait, you know me in a way that, like, you know who I am. She's surprised. That, like, right. Like, she wait, says, wow. are you a prophet? Are you like a you, prophet? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that shows, like, the way he must have, his tone and his posture must have been in a, well, and it's Jesus, so it would make sense with his character, but in a compassionate and, like, a leaning in. Way. Yeah, like, leaning mm-hmm. into her, like, hey, like, I know this is what you've been through versus saying of like, oh yeah, I know you, you've got all the husbands, you know, mm-hmm. you can say things. And so I think that shows to how he must have said it in his tone and his body language and posture toward her because she doesn't, she's not you know, defensive. She doesn't even really respond in shame. It seems like it's more of like, wait, you know things about me and you're saying this in a way that you must be from God. Like whether you're a prophet or like, I don't know who you are, but mm-hmm. You know, there's something different here. Yeah, and I, obviously because it's Jesus, and right, and obviously he but she didn't know that. anything about loving. Yeah, but I mean, when you're saying about posture, he couldn't be anything but himself. Yeah, no, so it's like he, make, he it would make sense. Showed, yeah, yeah. And I think that when I was, as I was looking at and thinking about that, what I began to weep about has been how that I remember. I remember those. That moment, I remember that moment when I met Jesus, and He knew everything that I did. And I realized He knew, and I was, you know, accepting His forgiveness. And I and you know, I've talked about this so many times because in reality, I, I just remember that time when I felt so bad. I, I just felt like I was such a horrible person. I, I remember. You know, feeling like I was going to walk away from God. I was miserable, and and I didn't want God. I was, you know, I was even thinking about leaving Howard. I was thinking about leaving the kids. I was just going to, you know, go do my own thing. And and so I guess it's it brought back as I'm thinking about her. It just brought back about how I felt so empty inside, and how I felt like you know I was going to go and do my own thing and. And yet, even though I thought that was going to make me happy, it really it was just so miserable. And then Jesus just came and rescued me. It was just as if Jesus literally came and and grabbed hold of my heart and just started making me understand about how much He loved me. And I just I'll just never forget it. I, and I don't want to forget it. Now I don't. You know, you've heard me say I don't want to live in condemnation, but I don't want to ever forget what God's done in my life. And I started thinking about this lady and how when she started talking to Jesus and then she realized that Jesus knew everything about her and he accepted her and he revealed who he is to her and he was offering her so much more than what she had ever dreamed she could ever have. 
And I thought, that's me. That's what God has done in my life. And I started thinking about that and started realizing, like, maybe that's my dream. Maybe that's what God's put in my heart is that God is wanting me to go to this Jacob's well kind of thing, like go where those women are, go where women are lonely and they're trying so much to to fulfill this emptiness in their hearts and that they feel ashamed of their past. And, you know, I've shared a little bit of this with you in, in the staff, you know, after this is, you know, my encounter with this John 4, it's what it is, that, that story again as I went back and visited about, you know, with Cup of Joy and with what we're doing and with maybe the teaching and maybe the recording. But it's just like, I don't know, it's just like I started thinking about us having this conversation and and thinking about if I was this woman and I see what God's done in my life, there's other women out there. There's other women that I know that felt this way and feel and they're lonely and they feel like they're not enough. They feel empty inside. They feel ashamed. They feel like how we got ever loved them. And you know, for me, I remember I remember when I decided to and surrendered my life uh, to Jesus and accepted his forgiveness and, you know, got on my knees. And, you know, I think I said and remembered that, you know, I heard Dr. Stanley on TV and it said, you are forgiven. And I'm like, is that true, God? Is that true? Am I really forgiven? And and I've never been the same. That's been, you know, over 40 years. And I just started thinking about how I felt. I remember right, right after I heard Dr. Stanley say, you are forgiven, and I felt God was putting his arms around me and loving me, and and I felt forgiven. And we went to church, we went to First Baptist, and we were sitting there, and they wanted everybody to, you know, get up and, you know, shake, you know, hands and introduce. And I remember thinking, if you knew me, if you knew how I had almost walked away from God, how that was mad at God and angry with God, and all the things that I thought that, you know, I was going to do to make myself happy. If you knew what I had almost done, if you knew what I was even thinking about doing, you wouldn't want to shake my hand. And it's been time. It's been a lot of healing. It's been some things I've had to, to work through. But I don't know, Kara, I just wanted to, I just had to talk about it because this is kind of new and not new, but it's just a refreshment. It's just a you know, kind of reliving that dream and that hope that God had given to me that day. And and I just thought, you know, as we're having these conversations and thinking about, or maybe whoever is in on our conversation, we don't know, is sitting there thinking, I'm that woman. You know, I feel ashamed. I feel like God could never really truly love me. I have a hard time embracing someone loving me because I don't love me. That's why I couldn't accept, you know, God's, I, I could, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around that God loved me because I didn't love me. The two things that come to my mind. One, I think, not saying that you're old, <laughs> but you are <laughs> but older am. than I am. And, that's mm-hmm. and just like, there's just that truth of like your race is not done until you see Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like God, I think it's so sweet that He is like reminding you of 
not just what he's done, but, you know, what he's taught you, what he, like that you are, that you can relate to this woman at the well, you know, at your age and to continue to encourage you to, you know, tell other women and, you know, that sort of thing. But I just think it's like, I don't know, there are times where I don't feel like God's like done with me, (laughs) but sometimes it can kind of feel like, what am I, I don't know, you can kind of get like, struggle with feeling like, is there meaning still here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, wh- why am I still here? How can God that sort use of thing. Me, yeah. yeah. How can God use me and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it's not like God's like, well, you're in your seventies now. So I guess I'll move on to someone that's younger <laughs> and, right. you know, you know, like just so sweet of the Lord. But I was thinking of, I mean, I can feel like I can relate to the woman at the well for sure on so many different levels, but the thing that in this moment that I'm remembering or that I am kind of reflecting on is the fact that like Jesus goes out of his way mm-hmm. to pass her, you know, to meet her, to go to this well. Even the mm-hmm. disciples are like, why are we going this way? And to me that like that detail alone really strikes a chord in my heart because I feel like a lot of what led me to the decisions to feel like the woman at the well is -hmm. because I never felt sought after. I never Mm -hmm. felt pursued. I never felt like I was worth being an inconvenience for, you know, like I never felt like, like I, it's, I'm not, I wouldn't really classify myself as a people pleaser, but I do tend to silence my voice. Like, you know, what do I, I, I always, I say it as like, I'm sitting in the rain, <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I don't want to like cause a disruption. I don't want to be an inconvenience. I don't want to, you know, like, I'll just do whatever you want to do. And that can go from little things of like, what do you want for dinner to things that could be more like, you know, for with boundaries or, you know, morals or, you know, whatever, like it has led, you know, down separate paths or, you know, down a lot of different paths. But I, so that fact alone of like, no, I like you are worth being an inconvenience for. Yeah. Like you are worth driving out of your out of my way. I mean, Jesus didn't drive. I'm just using that in more modern terms. Yeah. But it's like you are worth going completely out of my way for this mm-hmm. moment that we can have together. And that fact alone is like I'm gonna probably need to sit on that for a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I know. It, because it, it is it's, it's mind bro. It's, 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 it, it grabs your heart. Yeah. Not only does it grab your mind. You're like, wow. But it grabs your heart that someone care enough, that Jesus cares enough. Now, you know, right. you hear everybody say all the time that Jesus left heaven to have, you know, for us so that we could have a relationship with him and an intimate relationship with him. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, for us, it's like Jesus went out of his way, went through Samaria, which, you know, most Jews you know, went out of their way not to go through Samaria because right. they hated him. But Jesus went out his way and came down from heaven, you know, so that we can have an intimate yeah. relationship with him. And I, I think it is mind-boggling, yes, but it's hard. It's just hard for us because we live in a world right now, I feel like we, so many of us feel so rejected and so worthless. Yeah, and not even... I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm rejected before they even know me to reject me, you know? You're waiting on them to reject you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably in part of, like, from the moment that this interaction happened with her, you know, before he even said anything about her husband's or anything, she already knew that something was different because of the fact of, like, wait, Jews don't deal with Sumerians. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe you're even 
talking to me in such a kind manner or in such a, Mm -hmm. you know, gracious way. So, and I think that is something too, if like her guard was down, just like mm-hmm. any of us, you know, if you encounter someone, you, especially if you're expecting like a, a situation where it's like, oh gosh, this person, you know, might come up against me or, you know, reject me or whatever. But when they extend like this kindness and compassion and gentleness, it, it does help us to, like our defenses come Softens down a little heart. bit. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And they, and you know, Jacob's well, the only thing that the Samaritans and the Jews had in common was that they all both revered Jacob. And so to be at Jacob's well, it brought him a common, you know, mm-hmm. ground. It kind of, And then, of course, you know, she was going to go get water. He asked for water, so he met her. He, you know, he brought in a conversation that it could, that they would have common ground on. I think it wasn't like he's just all of a sudden scared her half to death. Here's this woman at the well. And a lot of right, times it's right. like, right, you know. So Jesus, again, that was a very loving thing. It was accepting her. I know that you know about Jacob's well. I know about Jacob's well. I'm a Jew. I love Jacob. You love Jacob. You need You're water. You're not a Jew. I need water. Well, uh, Jesus was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, so I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know much. <laughs> you're not yeah, a Jew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you're not a Samaritan. But you know, it was just one of those things of Jesus loving her yeah. where she is, basically. Right. And, and I think that's where we have a hard time. I feel like sometimes we feel like we have to get our act together or we have to be perfect or we have to, you know, not make any mistakes or try not to make mistakes, or have a great plan, or be intentional about our relationship with God. And I think, you know, God God just loves us where we are. He understands all of our, you know, issues. He understands our weaknesses. He understands all the things that we struggle with. And that's why he brought the, you know, the about the husbands. He understood that about her. Yeah. And I think, you know, he was saying, and, and you know what's even ironic? Is she, being a Samaritan, that's the first time that Jesus acknowledges that she, he's the Messiah. And because so she said, you know, Wait. you must be a prophet. And what does he, he say? Identif- because he sa- she said, you being, you know, t- she changes the situation. Oh, the hour is, he says, yeah, the hour is the coming hour is and now it is here. And I am he. I am he. She said, you know. Because she says the Messiah is coming. Oh, yeah, because she says, yeah, I know that the Messiah is coming. He's like, I who speak to you am he. Wow, he could have said that a little bit easier, but. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. So he not only accepts and embraces. It is a big deal. But he accepts and embraces who she is. And by doing so, because he said, if you knew who I am, you would ask I wonder why he said that, because if you look through the New Testament, so many times he does not, like that kind of just blew my mind for a second. I think I knew that, but I don't think I've ever really said in that and thought like how big of a deal that is, that he just revealed that. That's how much he wanted to connect with her. Yeah. I I want to just go back. I just, now remember who this woman is. She didn't think anybody wanted to connect with her. She was a woman that was an outcast in her society. She was a woman looking for love in all the wrong places. And he was like, look, look, if you only knew, if you know who I am. And by the way, I'm the Messiah. She probably didn't even want to be like other men and women. I don't want to say just women, but 
men and women probably didn't want to look at her, didn't want to touch her, didn't want to, you know, like just thought she yeah. was so, yeah, like kind of scum of the earth, with it's horrible to say, yeah, but that's probably what yeah. they, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and or, or she would have went to the well with it, right, right. the women. And and I just, I don't know. I just, I, I just started thinking about her and I thought, yes, I can identify with her. I can, I felt that. I felt empty inside. I felt unworthy for Jesus to love me. I, I, and, and I don't, you know, certainly don't hear me say that now I've got it all together. Now I always feel that Jesus loves me, that I feel worthy. And I still don't feel right. worthy that he loves me, but I know he does. And I think that, and I think that because I don't feel worthy, I feel like it's even more amazing is I don't have to feel worthy. I don't have to be worthy for Jesus to love me. I, he loves me because I'm his child. He created mm-hmm. me. And and I think that we just live in a world right now where everybody's rejecting who they are. They do not feel loved, even though they all acting like they want to love themselves. Yeah, but, but that's, they don't. No. I, I had a... A friend of mine sent me this reel on Instagram today, and it was saying, this guy was talking about how, you know, and Jesus says to love your enemies, and how the Lord showed him that is you. Like, you are your own worst enemy, and for, mm-hmm. like, he, for him to love himself, and not in mm-hmm. this, like, love yourself in a worldly way, but love yeah. yourself because you are my child. Like, you... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and nar- it, it's not a narcissistic way. No, it's, it's just this. No. You're, mm-hmm. I'm a child of God, and so I am worthy. It's a, a, hum- a humbleness, a humility, mm-hmm. but, but that really has like I've been thinking about it all day. Of like we, I, you know, we beat ourselves up, and we don't think we're worthy, and you know, we don't like who we are, or we don't, you know, we want to change who we are, or whatever it is, and. I don't know. It's just like, wow, that is so true. Like we are our own worst enemy sometimes. And when Jesus says to love your enemy, sometimes that does mean to love yourself because you are created by God. Like you are God's mm-hmm. creation. You're a child of God. And That's you're right. a child of God. And yeah, I've just been thinking about that all day. You know, uh, to go along with that, uh, Jesus, you know, they asked, you know, what was the greatest commandment? He said, you know, to love the Lord with all your heart and soul as yourself. Love others as yourself, and it clearly says. Wait, to love God as yourself? No, you love God. The first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. So, and then also to love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, love yourself. Mm -hmm. And and I think you know we've twisted that a little bit. We've like want to love ourselves and think we are God, right? And and trying to be God. And I think we sometimes are so narcissistic and we're so self-absorbed that it's totally out of balance. And so that's what Satan always does. He takes truth and well, he gets taking, it to extend yeah, to, the it's wrong, taking, to the wrong degree. It's taking God out of the equation. It's saying love yourself, whereas what the Word and what Jesus and God is saying is love yourself because I love you, because you are a child of God, because of you are my creation. I have breathed life into you. You mm-hmm. know, to me that is a very that's very different to just be like, yeah, oh, yeah, I love myself. Like, God I'm awesome. I'm, you know, I can do what I want. I, you know, whatever. I'm great. I think that's why Jesus said, 
love the, you know, the first greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. It didn't say love yourself with all your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And then love your neighbors as yourself. So it is the second, you know, and he says all of the law is, is wrapped up in those things. To love the Lord with all your heart, to love your neighbors and love others as yourself. And so I think, you know, for me, and, and you know, I kind of like to talk about it a couple of times because it's really so much in here. But for me right now, it's just sitting back and thinking about how much God loved me, loves me. And like you said, like he went out of his way to, to meet this woman and he revealed himself to her that he had not revealed you know, had yet, it's the first time he'd ever he revealed. Was a, yeah, he revealed to himself in a way that he had not revealed to anyone else. That's and it doesn't right. mean that and she was better than anyone, but I think that shows to, he knew where she was at. Like and he what she will, needed. Yeah, like he will reveal himself to us in a way that he knows that we need. And he mm-hmm. knows in a way that, like, we will hear it. You know, like. Well, one thing, Kara, is that she had five husbands, and she was living with another man. I think Jesus was like, I'm not like any other man. I'm going to reveal to you who yeah, I am. Yeah, talk about trust issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not like that. And all of the feelings that you've had are that that you have probably, wounds that you've probably gotten. We use those words. He didn't use wounds. Right. But all those things that— Are you trying to say that I have wounds with men? No, but— Oh. I do, but I— <laughs> I'm actually talking about the woman at the well. Oh, you're still talking about uh, her. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as women, we often perceive love based on what we've looked for love Oh, like for. what we've, right. Yeah. Yes. And and I think Jesus was saying, I'm not like that. I'm not like all the other men. I am the Messiah. I am God. And I love you. And I truly love you, and I'm not asking anything for you. Now, he did ask her for a drink of water, but she knew. She's like, what are you asking me for? But I think that when he was asking her for water, he was meeting her where she was. She was. He knew that she'd come to the water. She'd come to the well to get water, and he wanted her attention. He, didn't, he doesn't need anything from her. He was going to give her. It wasn't that she was going to meet his needs. It was that he was going to meet her needs. And her need was she was thirsty. And I think in my mind, I can remember, you know, we talk about the race. I can remember being thirsty. I can I always deal with a physical dehydration since, you know, I ran a half, half marathon. I know what it's like to be thirsty. And I know what it's like to be thirsty physically, and I know what it's like to be thirsty spiritually and emotionally. And I think that's where Jesus was like, I know where you are. I know what you're going through. I know what you've gone through. And I'm different. And if you would just embrace me and who I am, then your life will change. And it did. And I think that that's one of the things if I was— you know, want to say to you or say to myself or whoever's in on this conversation is to say this, like, you know, Jesus just satisfies. I don't know how to explain it. I think when we get to the place of really understanding that we're loved by God, I think it's hard for us to understand that. And I think that's one of the first things that we need to see and one of the things that we need to 
to think about this woman is that she certainly was trying to find love all in the wrong places. And I think we deal with that today. And I think once we begin to really understand we're loved by God and we embrace that, then we can uh, receive love from other people and ourselves. But until then, I don't. I think it's going to be a barrier. I think it's going to be hard to really feel loved, accepted, and find our value when we are looking for it in all the wrong places when only God can do that. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.